Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. Typically, my sermon preparation goes something like this. On the Sunday evening of the week before, I'll read the gospel and let it ruminate, and I'll think about it and read the news and see what occurs in daily life, and ideally, by about Thursday, I'll start coming up with a plan of what to say on Sunday morning, which should be complete by either Friday night or Saturday morning so I can enjoy a day of the weekend with my family. But y'all, this one was hard. I struggled with it and struggled with it. I don't know if it was because of the simplicity of the parable of the lost sheep or maybe because it feels very personal. But at about 6 a.m. this morning, I was still wrestling with it, not sure what I was going to say to you. And as I was cooking breakfast for my family, my six-year-old Naomi wandered into the kitchen and sat down on a stool, and it occurred to me that in the level one atrium and in godly play, which are a little bit different but pretty similar for five- and six-year-olds, they talk about the lost sheep quite a bit. 
So I said, Naomi, can you tell me the story of Jesus and the lost sheep and then help me figure out what to say to all these people at St. Stephen's in an hour? <laughs> and she was like, oh yes, the lost sheep. She said, well, there are a hundred sheep, but you have to remember, Mom, that they're not really sheep, they are children. And there's not just a hundred of them, there's a, more like a thousand. And if one of them goes astray or gets lost or does something wrong, Jesus will leave the 99 others behind in a very safe place and go after the one until he finds it. Gosh, wisdom from a six-year-old. What Jesus said is what he meant. And maybe I would say that those 100 sheep that the Good Shepherd leaves out in the wilderness are not just the children's, right? They are also the adults, and they are the young, and the old, and the rich, and the poor, and the black, and the white, and all the colors of the rainbow in between. We are all one of those 100 sheep, whether we're feeling more like the one that gets lost in the wilderness or more like one of the 99 that gets left in a very safe place while the shepherd goes out to seek the one. So a couple of weeks ago, um, I was preaching. It was Labor Day weekend, and it was also the weekend of the St. Stephen's Parish Retreat, so many of you were off on one of those activities, but some of you were here. And you might remember that I made you a promise. It was a challenge I was going to take myself up on, which was to walk across the railroad tracks that divide 41st Street South in Avondale from 41st Street North in Avondale, which separate the gentrifying restaurants from the poorest neighborhood in Birmingham. And I was going to walk across the tracks and get a famous chicken sandwich from Popeye's. And I did it, in case you were wondering, sort of. I sort of did it. I took my friend Lee with me, who's our new business administrator at the Abbey. And uh, we took our friend Ray with us, who is um, one of our dear friends at the Abbey who is experiencing chronic homelessness. And we actually ended up driving across the tracks, not walking, because Ray had accidentally been shot in the foot a couple of days before, and he wasn't really up to walking. And went across the tracks. They were out of chicken sandwiches. We got a family meal of chicken tenders and green beans, and sat down and really started to talk to Ray for one of the first times, really talked to Ray. Ray is chronically homeless, not because he is addicted to anything, but because he is perpetually being scammed by people in probably California, maybe Nigeria, who say that there is some beautiful young woman waiting for him if only he will send her $2,000 for the plane ticket to get to Alabama. And so we asked Ray, Ray, where are you from? Are you from Birmingham? No, I'm from Fort Payne. Ray, how did you get to Birmingham? How do you think you got to Birmingham? A beautiful young woman was waiting for him here to marry him. And so he sent her all the money that he had and got on the bus and came to Birmingham. And of course, she married somebody else and he never actually met her. Hmm. 
Ray, do you still have family back in Fort Payne that's worried about you? Ah, I don't know if they're worried about me. I'm the black sheep of the family. I think they've given up. Do you know somebody like Ray? Maybe not quite Ray, Ray. maybe not someone who's been shot in the foot, but maybe somebody that continually seems to uh, shoot themselves in the foot, metaphorically. Someone um, who might be the black sheep of your family. I have an aunt a little bit like that, whose story seems to just continue on and on and on, and there's always a and then. And then this happened. And then that happened. Someone in your family or in your circle of friends or acquaintances who just seems to push the limit. Or maybe every now and then it's you who seems to push the limit and you start to wonder about yourself. Gosh, is there going to be a moment when my negligence or over-promising, or maybe just temptation to be a little bit cruel every now and then, or selfishness just pushes my family over the limit to where they're a little bit less like Jesus, the good shepherd, who would go out and seek the one lost, and a little bit more like Ray's family. I think they've given up on me. You can't really blame Ray's family because, in fact, in many ways, I've given up on Ray. I'm pretty sure he's going to perpetually be scammed for life and will never find housing because of it. I'm pretty sure that One Roof, the homeless agency that helps provide housing for people in need, has given up on Ray, which is quite different from the Good Shepherd, the one who leaves the other 99 sheep behind in a very safe place to go out and seek the one who is lost and will not stop until he's found her or him. Maybe this is a personal parable to me right now because one of my very best friends who had been clean and sober for three years just relapsed on drugs again. Someone who we had found and when we became friends it seemed like the perfect prodigal son story. Someone who had sinned and shot themselves in the foot, right? And yet had repented and gone through therapy and recovery um, and had emerged victorious and healthy and yet fell back into that cycle once again. And I'm wondering how the gospel speaks to that kind of a situation. And so I'm going to offer you a hypothesis that I have been experimenting with over the last couple of months. It's a hypothesis I want you to try out with me. So just get yourselves into this headspace. You know how uh, Benjamin Franklin famously said, the only certain thing in life is death and taxes. All right, I'm going to add to that. I think taxes and death are pretty certain. But I'm going to add to that and say, I think the only certain thing in life is resurrection. The only certain thing, the only one, is resurrection, not the resurrection of Jesus, although I'm pretty certain about that. But the only certain thing in life is resurrection, that we will all be resurrected. And yet, somehow, <clears throat> what makes me 
want to start living into that is the fact that between here and there, between here and resurrection, there is a lot of uncertainty. And there is a lot of relapse. And there is a lot of healing. And there is a lot of and then. And there are a lot of lost sheep. And sometimes I am one of those lost sheep, and probably sometimes you are. And sometimes the lost sheep is the one that we're constantly worried about. In the godly play story of the Good Shepherd that Naomi was so wisely telling me that I should preach to you today, it goes something like this. It sort of conflates the Gospel of John and the Gospel of Luke. And the children, and maybe the adults through the children, are reminded of the words of Jesus saying, I am the Good Shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. The hired hand is not the good shepherd. The hired hand is paid to go out and work with the sheep, and the hired hand probably even cares a whole lot about the sheep. But when things get too uncertain, and the wolf comes, and the sheep begin to scatter, the hired hand will give up. The hired hand will give up on someone like Ray or someone like me, or someone like my friend who just relapsed. The hired hand has to think about the 99 over the one. The hired hand has to make a whole lot of really tough decisions. The hired hand's a whole lot like you and me. But God isn't like you and me. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, sure and certain of resurrection. The Good Shepherd will leave the 99 in a very safe place and go after the one that is lost, and when he has found it, will lay it on his shoulders and rejoice. Jesus is that Good Shepherd. And so the wisdom of Jesus and the wisdom of our children who may be experiencing godly play right now as we speak, some of them are between services is for you to try on this hypothesis with me. Just as you leave the church, as you go out into your week, just see how this sits with you. See how your experiences of God and of your children and grandchildren and friends and lost sheep, how do they sit with this? The only sure and certain thing in life is resurrection. There may be a lot of uncertainty, a lot of ups and downs in between, but the only sure and certain thing is resurrection. And when the good shepherd goes after that one lost sheep, he'll put it over his shoulders. He'll put you and me over his shoulders and rejoice because the one that has lost will always be found. Amen.